2: See
1: Question for KD, when he returned to India, I think, 11, 12
3: years ago, after Maharaji left his body, he said he could still feel his presence strongly in his own bedroom. Oh yeah, absolutely, still. Now, how many years later? 83, 93, 2003, 13, almost 50 years. You can feel, not just there, everywhere, but even in Kenchi, in the temple, Sit there, hang around for a few days, it it starts to get you. It seeps into you. Very deep, very deep. Uh, It seems like you're surprised at that. I don't know uh, what to tell you. Maharaj is not a person like you and me, he's an eternal presence always here, if we knew how to look, if we knew how to see and to feel, he's here, he's available 24-7-365, so I wouldn't be surprised to still feel him, especially where I spend so much time with him, but everywhere, anywhere, because time and space don't exist for a being like that the way they, it does for us. We're here, and someone else is over there, but one of these great beings is everywhere. You can't understand it up here. What to tell you? Can I tell a memorable story about Mr. Tiwari? Well, of course, one of the most memorable stories I've told many times. I had heard some mantras chanted somewhere, maybe in the temple, and it had this recurring line: "Narayani Namostute, Narayani Namostute." I didn't know what it was. I I knew Narayani was the goddess, but I, you know, so I asked. Mr. Tawari one day I was staying at the house and we were sitting together having tea. I think he drank milk, not tea. But um, I asked him, you know, have you ever hear that? Oh, yes. I said, oh, really? All right. what, do you know it? Oh, yes. Could you teach it to me? Oh, yes. <laughs> so right there and then he started reciting these, this chant, which was turned out to be... Uh, <clears throat> forget which chapter of the Durga Saptasati, maybe the fifth or the eleventh or something like that. I don't remember. And he sang it every day, his whole life, pretty much. And he knew it all by heart. And he just went into it. And I, you know, I I tried to write down some words, but it was going too fast, so I just put the book down and listened. And then he really got into it. He, he didn't, you know, he was just immersed, you know, just into it, so into it. And mm-hmm. then all, you know, as after like 15 minutes, right, he just goes, Om Narayani, Om Narayani, oh. And gone. He went into samadhi. Gone. Left, The room (laughs) right in front of me, you know, and tears were streaming down his cheeks. And he was just, Ma, Ma, Ma. And he was, you know, and he wasn't breathing. So, right just around this time, Mrs. Tawari comes into the room to get the the cups, the teacups. And I said, Ma, look. What's going on? It's Baba. When's he going to come back? And she just looked at me and smiled and said, Don't know. And then went into the kitchen, leaving me with this crying corpse. That was a lesson. That was a lesson. That That showed me what was possible with devotion. And that devotion and love can accomplish anything, can transcend the mind, transcend this whole world, and bring you into the union with God. Right there in front of my face, it was really amazing. That was just the first time. After that, I saw it a million times with him. He was really something. How to go about connecting with Maharaji when not chanting. Well, if you get lost in the world, if we get get too busy doing things, we forget, that's all. He doesn't forget, but we don't remember. So, we temporarily from our side let go of his hand but he never lets go of ours eventually they say that you reach a place where the the name is going on all the time inside of you and eventually you can be with that and still be functioning in the world and doing what has to be done but that's pretty advanced stage. But we got to start where we are. So when we're chanting, we, we try to be aware of what's going on. You say aware of Maharaji, but <clears throat> this is an interesting issue. Are you thinking, I mean, so you're going to try to hold the picture of Maharaji in your mind, that little guy wrapped up in a blanket? That's one version of Maharaji. And sure, to remember him, to think of him is a great thing. But there's an, there are other versions of Maharaja, which is, he's the air that you breathe. He's the space that you live in. He's everywhere. There's nowhere that he is not. So he's always available to us. But anyhow, this is something that one will hopefully someday have the experience of. It's not something you can talk yourself into. You can't fake it. You might, try, you might be able to fake it to yourself, but you can't fool them. <laughs> you can't fool them. Those guys, those beings know what's going on. So what's the sense? Do the best we can and allow ourselves to ripen through practice and, in the meantime, become good human beings and treat everybody The way we would like to be treated, and then we will see him in every being. We will see the light everywhere. We'll see that, feel that presence everywhere. But that's, you know, the advanced course. We got to start where we are. What's the difference between kirtan and satsang? Kirtan is chanting, satsang means uh, a satsang could have kirtan. And a kirtan could be satsang, in a sense, because satsang means together with truth. Beings who come together in the truth, for truth, or in a true way, sharing the path. That's what satsang. In Buddhism, it's called sangha. Same word. If somebody wants me to explain this quote from Maharaji, but I'm not sure that I can, but I'll read it anyway. The quote is, If the clay in a pot is unbaked, then when the pot breaks, the clay is reused. But if the pot is baked, then when it breaks, it's thrown away. This seems to be talking about the ego. Until the ego is baked, finished, It gets recreated again and again, life after life. But once it's really cooked, then it gets thrown away when it breaks for good. It doesn't get recreated with the same clay, the same karma that created it in the first place. That might be what it means.
1: I'm confused
3: about Kali Durga. She looks bloody. I was raised thinking that Sikhism is not good. Really? Why? Can anybody explain? Please, the cult of Kali up here in Woodstock seems very strong. Well, 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 I don't know. Kali appears to be, has two sides, the golden Kali and the black Kali. Golden Kali is usually called Durga and Kali, the bloody Kali with the, with the fangs and the teeth and she's standing on top of she has her foot on Tamas the darkest negativity that we carry is what she destroys that's why she looks so fierce because that heavy stuff is hard to get rid of and it takes fierce uh, Shakti to 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 destroy that Dark tamasya. in 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 the, in the uh, stories. The Tamas is a bull. Oh, but, uh, what's what's the name? I forget. But anyway, the bull represents in this case this really dark, heavy, hard to move negativity, you know, stuff. And so Kali appears like that, and she slaughters the bull and you know, and, or whatever, and the demons and holds their heads. Like a mala, like a necklace of heads, of skulls. But it's not us. It's our, it's our stuff, our egoistic stuff that she's absorbing and killing. Durga, she's smiling, riding a lion and slicing the heads off of the sattva of the, the, the different types of attachment that we have. Also, Durga can appear wrathful as well. So this, um, this is, these are, These are representations of energy in a sense. Uh, if you have something big and heavy, you have to really use a lot of strength to move it or to, to get it out of the way. And that's, that's Kali. That's really the wrathful. But it's not wrathful to, to, to our soul. It's wrathful to the stuff that prevents us from knowing who we are and knowing our souls, our being. So yeah, and I don't know what this is about Sikhism. Sikhism is based on the teachings of Guru Nanak, who is one of the greatest saints that ever lived. And his poetry is astoundingly beautiful and deep. So I really don't know what you're referring to. Sikhism is uh, comes from Guru Nanak, and in its, in its real form, it's completely love and devotion and service to others and being acting uh, in a good way in the world. That's, that's what, and just like every other movement and every other religion, there are a lot of people who don't quite get it and they don't really aren't good Sikhs or good Christians or good Jews or good Hindus or good Buddhists. They, they. They might be born into it, but they don't really manifest it. But Sikhism is completely amazing uh, practices, beautiful love, beautiful devotion. So, how to deal with unconscious people? Like you have to defend yourself but you didn't do anything, but you are faced to deal with someone who tried to steal you or hurt you, I guess. What would Maharaji say? Get a lawyer in flight? (laughs) I I don't know what he would say. Don't ask me what he would say. Um, If you get angry and defensive, then you're also unconscious. So anything you do is going to be reacting to what, what you, you perceive those unconscious people to be doing to you. So you have to, you have to get beyond your reactions somehow. It's not easy. And at the same time, you don't let people, uh, run over you and take advantage of you and steal from you just because you think you're a spiritual person. That's not spiritual. You have to protect yourself, but you don't have to get angry. And if you get angry, you don't have to act out of anger. You still have to act out of self-preservation and taking care of yourself in a good way. If you need a lawyer, get a lawyer. If you need 10 lawyers, get 10 lawyers. But you're not required to get angry and hurt, but we do. So we need to work with that. And at the same time, you need to protect yourself. They're not mutually exclusive, but the work you do on the inside is the work you do on the inside. The lawyer that you hire takes care of the law, and uh, if there's something that needs to be taken care of, it needs to be taken care of in the best way out there. There's nothing wrong with, with, uh, with trying to protect yourself from uh, being taken advantage of by anyone, nothing at all. Why would you let yourself be taken advantage of? Right? On the other hand, there are some saints that, uh, uh, when, when they come across a thief, the thief wants their money, they give him everything. Here, take my watch. Take my clothes. What else do you want? My food? Take my food. They have no attachment to anything, and they see everything as God. So, Oh, God, you're here? You want my money? Here, take it. Here, take more. I got some hidden in my shoe. Take that too. That's so far beyond where we are. It's not even funny, but it's true. I've seen it. I've seen people run after people to give them money. Whereas I'm like, you know, how much money do I have to give these people? And they're like running after people. Come take this. There's stories of uh, Swami Ramdas from Kanningad in the south. Great stories. His book's called "In the Vision of God and the Quest of God." Fantastic stories. One story was, he was sitting and just about to eat, and a dog came and stole one of the, the breads that he had, and then started to run away. And Swami Ramdas ran after him and said, "Here, take this, take the vegetables too. Take the other bread. Here, come, come. <laughs> this is so far beyond us. it's ridiculous, but that's the real thing. And we are not. So we have to do what we can, what we have to do to protect ourselves and take care of our, our families and our people and ourselves. What's wrong with that? But we're not required to be angry. We're not required to be hurt. We do get that way because we think we're the, the target of this person's viciousness. And it may look that way, And it often does look that way, and it often does feel that way. But that person has no choice. That person is acting out of total delusion, selfishness, anger, anxiety, fear. All those things are functioning in the person who's being vicious and trying to attack. That's his karma, their karma. It's our karma to meet that energy in the best way that we can. And if we're not doing practice regularly, it's going to be very difficult not to react. Even when you're doing practice, you still very often don't get a vote right away. It might not last so long. You might calm your ass down after a while. That initial defensiveness. Sure. So, if you're doing practice, though, those reactions may not last as long as they would normally. That's why practice is so important. So... Are Maharaji and saints like Mother Teresa similar beings? I don't know. It takes a saint to know a saint. So I don't know. How and where do I find the reincarnation of Maharaji? Who says he's reincarnated? I don't think he even died. I think he just left that body and moved into another one. So, I might be crazy, I probably am, but I don't think there's any reincarnation. He's beyond that. He doesn't have any need to reincarnate. Uh, there's many ways, there's something called prakaya pravesh, which is a, a tantric practice that you can actually, you pull, you can take your package, your soul, out of the body, when it's dying and you can put it in another body that's ready for it might be somebody else died young uh only had to live a certain amount of time and so that body is there and you move in i was with this baba in india this very old baba who knew all about that stuff and had actually done it a few times he said, if you try to do it yourself, it's really difficult. You can make a mistake. But if Hanuman does it for you, then it's no problem. So, how's that for an answer? <laughs> what can we do for a person who is dying slowly and unresponsive to eliminate the suffering many people in India are on deathbed and not getting any doctors yeah there was this article today in the Times about COVID in India and how it's exploding and there are no hospital beds and people are dying in the streets and oxygen is, uh, is in short supply so there's people aren't getting oxygen and ventilators and stuff like that and they're just dying and there's nothing they can do about it the hospitals are already full and it's still getting worse Um, bad situation and that's a situation that's going on many places in the world where there are not adequate health care situations where there's not vaccine where there's not the stuff that they need to take care of people so what can you do for a person who's dying you can be with them you can send them love uh in india maybe you could you could uh, do some japa next to them so they could hear or sing a little sing do some chanting Um, there's not much you can do uh, and pray for them and you know, pray for them and pray that they get taken care of and that they, they slip out of that body as easily as possible and that their karmas create a good body for them next time it's uh, there's a lot of death these days there's always a lot of death But right now, this COVID is pretty bad. There are people who know a lot more about helping people who are dying. One of them is mentioned in another question here. Frank Ostaseski, he's a really incredible guy. And he wrote a book, The Five, what is it, The Five Questions? Let me see.
1: What happened to it? Now uh, here. The Five Invitations
3: by Frank osteseski Great guy, and he works with dying people. Uh, there's a lot you could learn by um, reading that book and following his stuff. He's a great teacher. How can we show compassion and take action for the collective pain of those who are oppressed? Oppressed. How can we take action in a conscious way? <clears throat> well, what does a conscious way mean? What does it mean to you? To me, it would mean opening my heart to the pain that people experience and being with that pain and not pretending it doesn't exist, not closing my eyes to the social situation that caused it or the cultural situation that caused it. And if I was able to and it was my place to, I could also get involved in helping in the world in whatever way I could. It's not enough just to wish someone well, necessarily. One sometimes needs to take action in the world in a positive way, but it's very hard to, We're not trained to act without aggressiveness and anger. And we're not trained to act like Mother Teresa acts, acted, how she treated people, how she loved everyone, all the sick people. It didn't turn her off. She didn't run from that suffering. Full on present, full on loving heart, strength of love. She was active in the world in a way that nobody had been, picking beggars up out of the street, helping them, treating them, loving them. That's the real action. That's that's the best action. So if we can't do that, we can still be involved and do what we can and try not to create more negativity with anger and judgmental mind. But if we do create more negativity, then we'll also have to deal with that. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to help. But it starts with not running away from pain. It starts with recognizing that there's pain everywhere, that there's death everywhere. You know, there's an incredible story <clears throat> about kisagotami she was a village woman in india and her newborn baby died right in her hands and she just kind of lost it and she went running around asking people you know where's a doctor where's a doctor for my baby but they looked and they saw the baby was already dead but she she couldn't hear that she was too crazed So finally somebody said, go see the Buddha. He's nearby in this village nearby. Go see the Buddha. He's the best doctor you can find. So she went running and the Buddha was talking to people but she was so out of it she just blasted in and Buddha says, what can I do for you? And she said, my baby, my baby's sick. My baby's sick. And he said, Maybe she even asked him to bring the baby back to life. The stories differ a little bit. The Buddha looked at her and said, no problem. Go to your village and bring me back some mustard seed. The cheap, that's the poorest. A little mustard seed. Bring me back some mustard seed from one of the houses and I'll bring the baby back to life. As she was going, said, oh, one more thing. The house you get the mustard seed from has to be a house where no one has died. So she didn't get it. She was so out of it. She ran back to the village and went from house to house. And she asked for mustard seed. And they said, sure. And then just said, oh, but has anyone died here? And they said, of course. Yes, absolutely. Oh, no, I can't take it. By the end of the day, She had buried her baby, her child, and returned to the Buddha. She understood. And she had actually had an awakening. And she became a very advanced practitioner. So, one cannot run from suffering. One of these questions here mentioned Bernie Glassman. Bernie was one of those people who ran towards suffering because he had been, uh, he was a Zen master and he used to train people and he could run what they call a session, which is an intense meditation session that might last for days and days. And he could uh, create a situation where people would have, what they call satori experiences, a brief enlightenment experience. He could make that happen for people. But he began to realize that people closed down again. And that no matter how many times they had this satori experience, they closed down again. And he began to realize that it was people's fear The main thing that closed the person down was their fear and their uh, wanting to protect themselves from the outside world and other people and difficult situations and pain, et cetera. So Bernie created the Zen Peacemakers community. And they go to places where there is intense suffering and they try to open up dialogue and get like the two different sides talking they go towards the fear so they can work with it themselves also. He also used to, be, he used to take people to Auschwitz where the level of suffering was so extraordinary it's hard to believe. But you can feel it. And the idea was to bear witness to the suffering. Not to, not to push it away or say, oh yeah, yeah, okay. But to feel and be with it. And in order to do that, you have to work with your stuff that comes up. Like, uh, I don't want to feel this. What am I going to do? How? Am I? I was scared to go. He made me go. He didn't make me go, but he requested my presence. So I went twice with him. And the first time, I was, uh, what's going to happen? Am I going to flip out? Am I going to fall apart? Am I going to, you know, am I going to just become a a pool on the ground of tears? <clears throat> so you, you, you go through it. It's a process. Bearing witness. And it cleans the heart. And it keep, makes you more available to all beings and to yourself. How to get rid of anxiety driven by being home, quarantined. Anxiety is fear. And you can't get rid of it unless you do some practice. There's no button to push that makes it go away. It's your ego's reaction to the situation, which is very painful, very extreme. And uh, many people are getting eaten alive by their thoughts and emotions in this time because the usual ways that they blow off steam, so to speak, and and get out of their heads are, are been taken away. Going dancing, going to movies, going out to eat, visiting friends, walking around, all this stuff is taken away. And so people who are not accustomed to working with their mind, with their thoughts, are getting eaten alive by their own stuff. And most people don't understand there's any way to deal with that because they don't understand what a spiritual path is about. They might be atheists or something and think that it's about religion. It's not about religion. It's about love. It's about finding out the who you are and how you can deal with the world in the best possible way. But people don't understand and they suffer. Not just you, not just me, but the whole world. Except real practitioners. For them, it's just more grist for the mill. Really. And they have no anxiety, no fear. It'll be what it is. They can live their lives without becoming reactive and without uh giving in to insecurity and 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 anxiety and self-hatred and self-loathing and all that stuff this is what most people live with all their lives they just don't deal with it and then next oh A practitioner is somebody who's agreed to to start to face that stuff and answer those, find the answer to those questions that you ask. How do you deal with anxiety? When you have the answer, you'll have the answer. the ramayana and the mahabharata and other other stories and books from the indian and vedic tradition <clears throat> we don't know if they really happened or whether they're allegories of that represent our internal work there's a lot of evidence that says that they really did happen But that doesn't mean they're not also allegories for our internal work. The Bhagavad Gita is part of the Mahabharata, which was the story of this huge, great war between... like, It was like the first world war. Everybody was on one side or another. Everybody in India, anyway. I don't know what else was going on on the planet at that point. I don't think, I don't think New York had been uh, bought from the Indians yet, the Native Americans. This was like thousands of years ago, they say. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a mystery to me, but they do say that they think that these things really happened in the world, uh, in different age, they call it different ages,
1: <clears throat>
3: but they're also allegories for our internal growth, our, our internal work, our spiritual work. Bhagavad Gita is called the song of God. That's what that means. Bhagavad Gita is song. Bhagavad is God, and this is a, a manual for how to live in this world and how to progress on the path and to become free of suffering and enlightened, liberated. And this is Krishna teaching Arjuna. Arjuna is the great warrior. And just before the big battle, he asks Krishna, who is God, and everybody knows he's God. It's a funny thing. It's a different age. People were a little bit different. He asked Arjuna to take him up on this hill between the two armies so he could survey the whole thing and see what's going on. And then he sees on one side is his brothers and their families, his cousins, his you know his close friends. But the other side has his relatives too. And all of a sudden he realizes, wait a minute. I can't slaughter my family. I, this is crazy. I can't do this. And he drops his bow. And the first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita is called the Yoga of the Desolation of Arjuna. The desolation is a prerequisite for entering the path. That desolation is, I can't go on like this. It's I can't do this. This does not work. I will not fight. I will not do this. Powerful stuff. And every chapter of the Gita goes deeper. So, I don't know why I'm talking about that. What was the question? I forget. Oh, something If the there was... Uh, and the Ramayana were, were real stories or not. Maharaji loved the Tulsidas Ramayana. It was called the the Manasa. The lake, the mind-like lake of the stories of Ram. And every chapter is a descent deeper into that lake of the mind. And Maharaji loved this. And, and especially the chapter on Hanumanji, which is called Sundarakana, the beautiful chapter. And he, he always had it recited, because it's all beautiful poetry, it's song. And they sing it, and it's all rhymes, it's so extraordinary. And he loved hearing that recited. And it was recited every Tuesday at the temples where he was, and probably all his temples, even to this day. So, but it, the Ram which is a version of the Ramayana, is a retelling of the story in a devotional way, in a way to open the heart and bring, put us in touch with the, the, the joy of real love and, and what real love looks like, what it feels like, and how real love works in the world. It's an incredible, incredible book and Tulsidas was the poet saint that wrote that and um, he was a great devotee of Ram and Hanuman
0: this show is sponsored by BetterHelp time can feel like it's in short supply Flexible and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash/be here now today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel dot slash be here now.
3: So that story. That retelling of the Ramayana is specifically to bring this transmission of love and to rewire our heart and emotions for a deeper connection to reality. It's a reading, it is a practice in itself. It was very important for me to read that. Still is very powerful. Rama Charita Manasa. I think there's PDFs actually available online. You can probably buy some versions of it, but I know there's a PDF available online somewhere. Okay.
2: In the Christmas. i mm-hmm. are Kushana, Hare, Kushana, Krina, Krina, Hari, 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 Rama, Hare, Hare. Krishna Krishna Sarana saroj raj jammaan Bharano sudhaale koran jasu chhodaku palchaare muddehin tanujan ke Allabhudi vidyadehu mohi Arukhle subhikara Syavara Ramachandhapadhisharanam Jaya hanuman unloka ujaga Ramadukta atulita baladhamam tamam mahavir bikam bajrangi kumattenavar sumat ke sang kanchanavar adaj subesa kanam kandalak chhat ke sa hath bajrur odhaja be rale sab karasu vanake sarinandam e japathapam mah jagbham divya ko atu trab charta sone be kora seya ramal khana sita mana baseya sukshm rup darsia hind lankajara ke kaja sawa I said, even luck and the eye, she ragu beer, she will lie. The samabhai. jasaga, masakai shri pati the kabramade munisa bebe shanana ke is fat up hai sabajagajan yugasah surajor prabhu de ka Udga maka ja jagat ke jete Sugama anugra marete te Ramadhuware tu marakho vah Othama agya binupesar Sab sukla hai tumhari sharam Tumhara chakka hu up and the ape, he no loca hankatin kampi, put pisashun katun Sankatanuman churave, tap tum han e par se the devta urjayan sadhu sant ke tumara kovare asur anekand anandula ashta mata Amara saiyana tumare paasa Sadaaroho ragu patike dasa Tumare bhajanarama ko paave Janama janama ke duka bisara Antakala ragu jai Jahan janama harvaakti kahai और देवता चित्त हनुमत से सुख संकट सब chotto bar part kar ko chaye ban me mahasukh hoye o yahapale hanu ma chali sa o as disa ki gadesa aya sankata harana mangalam murti rupya rama laknasiita saheta kundeva sarasura Mangala Murthy Sakala Amangala Moola Nikanda Mangala Murthy Marthananda Sakala Amangala Moola Nikanda Ram De Ram 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 sitaram sitaram isitaram che jay bajrang balihanuman sankat mochan kripa nedah che Sankta mo chanukh paanidham Je siya ram ye hanuman Sankta mo chanukh paanidham Je raam je raam je re raam If we know anything about a path at all.
3: If we know there might be a way to live in this world in a good way. With an open heart and without fear. It's only because of the great beings that have gone before us on this path. Out of their love, out of their kindness. They left some footprints for us to follow. So, in the same way that they wish for us in the very same way that they wish for us we wish that all beings everywhere be safe be happy that all of us have good health and enough to eat and may we all live in peace at ease of heart, at ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life.